So it was a shock. And um, I mean, imagine 10 years old, what do I know? The only thing I know is that I haven't seen my parents and I was rejected and abandoned in one place. Can I just so relationship was really tough. Can I just quickly jump in there? Because we're on Facebook, so we've got a, we've got time to talk on Facebook. Um, so I just wanted to quickly jump back. You said that you um, were left in Nigeria when you were three. And, um, yeah. Um, were you at three? Were you aware what was going on at three? Did you know that your parents? You know how aware were you? At yes, I think when I was at the age of. Uh, probably five when I have to go to school, to nursery school in a boarding house. And um, I, with other children, some of us hold the school. So that means my parents hasn't paid my school fees during that time. So they now gather all of us together to like trace our, our parents so that they can just uh, collect the money or drop us with them. Unfortunately, in my own side, it was not successful. So I have to come back to the premises with the driver. And unfortunately, he raped me. Wow. So that was my first uh, experience. Right. So you say that you met your mother. Um, thank you, Fraser, for joining us. Um, you met your mother at the age of 10, you said, and you didn't recognize her. 10, 11, yes. 10, 11, and you didn't recognize her. So. So how, how did that experience go then? You know, she, she knows that you're her daughter, yeah, you don't and know her. Of, yes, of course, my, the relatives will come to, they, pick, they came to pick me up mm. to meet my mother. And seeing her before, I was, I mean, seeing her for the first time, that time, I really admire her because she was good looking and, you know, and I was even whispering to my relatives that I wish this is my mother. And then after after their meeting, it, I was introduced to her, and I mean it was really shocked. And also to know that time that I have um, younger sisters as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Because there was no connection within the period that I was staying without my parents. So did you meet your younger sisters at the same time that you met your mom? Yes. Okay, okay, right. Okay, so um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to recap. So I've got a guest on today. Her name is Elizabeth Lucas, and she's sharing with me her story um, partially, of, partially of rejection. And some of the guests that I would have on here are also based on the storylines of my books. So for Blind Spot Anthology, my story called Green Eyes talks again about rejection, being ostracized, um, and just being... You know, people not wanting, not wanting, you know, family members not wanting to be with you or not wanting you to be part of the family. So here, um, um, Elizabeth is saying that how she went, she was born in the UK and she went um, to Nigeria when she was three. Um, and she was left there and didn't see her mother again until she was about 10, 11 years old. Um, and meeting her sisters as well. So what happened after, after meeting your, your mother, what happened after that? Yes, after that, uh, our relationship, my relationship with my parents wasn't really a, a good one, really, because in as much as, I mean, they've left me for a long time, and you know between me and you that the relationship between a child and a pair, their parents 
at an early age is very important yeah because that time you bond together you know but in my own case there wasn't like that i don't have anybody i can report to even when i face the trauma i couldn't even share my story with anyone so i have to keep it especially when the driver threatened me that i should keep it to myself so there was no that relation so i struggled in relation relating to with her and then on top of it the my parents were playing favoritism that means they like the younger younger ones more than us mm. i mean more than me mm, mm. i struggled to be close to them but i i could i mean it wasn't easy so in i the, did everything to please them yes but it wasn't easy can you just give me a little bit of an idea because i know for me um because as i said to you i have been ostracized by my siblings and some of the actions that they did towards me were quite blatant um so for example you know um my older sister, you know, she wouldn't say anything verbally, but her body language said it all, and she just didn't acknowledge me, you know. So, would you be able to share some of the um, things that they did to you when they were ostracizing you? Can you remember any of those things? I mean, say for instance, I mean, uh, I know I'm a brilliant person, but it comes to a stage that it's so it's so difficult for me to focus on my studies so I end up not doing well in school mm. so I wasn't really uh, a favorite to them so because of that they only like the people that uh, they only like my younger sister that is very brilliant mm. so they focus on her sometimes if I ask them something for my something I needed for my school for my when I was studying they will say they, um, I mean, they will deny me of good things to use for my school. Mm. And sometimes you come back home with results, and all what they just word worded me like you, you are, you are so dull. You are, you can't do anything good. You can't succeed. You can't pass. You know. And sometimes they just say something like, I don't even know why I give that to you, which is really. So, yeah, of course. I mean, it comes to one day, I just packed my things and I said, well, if my if I don't have received love from my parents and from relatives, then I can just go and kill myself somehow. Mm. So that time I developed suicidal. You know, like I wanted to kill myself. I run into the road sometimes. Sometimes I go close to the river. So I, I made attempts to kill myself, but God will not allow. So when you made that decision, what age were you when you decided that, you know, when you started having those thoughts? How when I was 15 years old, and I felt unloved, abandoned, rejected, I felt I'm lonely. You know, I was so frustrated, and I couldn't kill myself because I tried several times, I didn't succeed. I cried to God at the age of 14, 15. I said, God, I need love. I need someone to love me. Yeah. So if the people of this world is not helping me, I want God to love me. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants someone to love them, don't they? No one wants to be loved. Yeah. I mean, you know, where he and, I want, and I want God to cheat my stories around. Yeah, exactly. So when you um, decided to pack your bag and, and leave, uh, where did you go? Yeah. Where did you go? I was just 
roaming around the streets of Nigeria, really. Going from one place to another, trying to go to conferences. I sometimes I sleep in the station. Sometimes I sleep, I just go anywhere that the that I find myself. Sometimes I sleep in the station. Sometimes I go to the conference ground and sleep there and pray. Mm. So how long? So that's how I start. How, how long did you do that for? How long were you homeless for at such a young age? And how did you cope? How did you manage? Uh, three years. Three years. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's a long time, isn't it, for for anyone really yes. um, to be homeless, and especially as you said, at such a young age. So, what was the turning yeah. point then? After three years, what was the turning point? Um, you know, after- the turning point was I went to a crusade, mm-hmm. and after that prayer, and then the man of God was telling us that we need to move, uh, go back to our family or something like that. So I then appeared to my parents and just to show them, I mean, just to stay with them for a while, but still I couldn't stay with them. So I went to stay with my auntie. Okay. So that was the time I started developing my secretarial skills. Right, right. So was this a different auntie from the auntie that you were sent to initially or? Yes, All right, auntie. Okay, so um, I mean, I've just got a comment here. Um, Sonia's just joined me. She said sleeping rough for three years from the age of fifteen. I mean, yes, absolutely. That's that's a long time for a young person to be homeless. Um, you know, Sonia says love conquers all. Absolutely. So when you did went to the you did a secretarial course. You, you were saying so. Yes. Where did that? How long was that for? And where did that take you? I did the secretariat course finished, but I couldn't get a job. So, in a miraculous way, somebody's one of my auntie as well, another auntie of mine, decided to take me back to London. Okay. To bring me back to London. So I came back to London 20 years after I left to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I mean, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, just a couple of people just jumped on, so um, I'll just recap what we're talking about. So my name is Jacqueline Francis, and um, I have a guest on by the name of Elizabeth Lucas, who I met last month at an event. And I, was, um, I think all of us were quite, um, ins- were very inspired by her story. Um, so I've invited. She's she's now stepped out of her shell, you know. So she, I, you know, she wanted to share her story, and I wanted to share it with you as well. Um, on, um, in conversation with Jacqueline. So Sonia says, what was what was your mindset like when you were sleeping rough? Yeah, during that time, really, I can only think of only God can save me because I can't run to anybody. So at that time, what, what is in my mind is if I have to die, I have to die. I don't care. I just want to move around and I know God I, I was I was saying to myself that unless if God loves me that's the time I will still stay alive but at that moment I don't care because I'm lonely I'm alone I'm by myself I don't have anybody to run to yeah yeah um, so um, Sonia says what other things did you experience whilst you were sleeping rough Yeah, like I said, I was raped. 
by strange people, really. On more than one occasion? Yes, more than one occasion. Um, Sonia says, thanks for the question, Sonia. Uh, at some point, um, did you think, um, where are you, God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine that. I really can't imagine that at all. So you're saying that you went to stay with an auntie, and auntie took you in, and um, you went to secretarial school. And you actually no, you came back to London. She brought you back to London. So yes. yeah. So when you came back to London, what, what, what happened then? Yeah, that's that's the time I now decided. I mean, I decided to be. I mean, to if people can't help me, I need to help myself. Mm -hmm. If it's going to be, it's, um, it's me. I met a man of God that also encouraged me that in respect of my background, mm -hmm. I can still become because there is greatness in me. Absolutely. So I decided to enroll myself in school. Mm -hmm. So I was building myself up. I went for RSA exams. I also went for NBQ. So I was just building myself like that while I'm working hard as well. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, obviously, and you passed your exams. So, yes. So if you want to tell us what happened after that, then how? After I passed my MVQ exam, mm -hmm. by that time, I've got married to my husband. Okay. And I have lovely two children. Okay. So I have to be taking care of my children and my husband. But it was not an easy road. Mm. So my career, that can put it that way, or my journey of searching or building who Elizabeth is up to like cease or stop. Because unfortunately, my the man I married to has his own agenda. He wants me to be just a housewife, taking care of the children, mm. and at the same time working hard. So I remember. So yeah, I remember. all my ascribing have to stop at that time. Yeah. In order for me to take care. But within that period, I didn't let that one stop me. Mm. So while I was studying, while I was still taking care of my children and my husband, I enrolled myself. That was the time I did my MVQ. Mm. And during that time, with this, I, I worked hard. And luckily, I was awarded Secretary of the Year. Okay. And I moved on further to work hard as well, and also to do MVQ. Mm. From there, I enrolled myself to college. Mm. I did HND, I passed. I did HND, I passed as well. Mm. And I was encouraged to go for degree course, which I did. And I also came out with a very good result. Congratulations. While I was still waiting, and taking care of my family. Well done. I, I mean, I did not let anything stop me. During that time as well, I was running a business, mm. running the market in order to be around my children mm. and to, you know, like it's a game, isn't it? You have to play as a housewife. Yeah. I was running a market. Absolutely. And then from there, I made it. Mm. And then I moved on to establish, to run, to manage a shop. A gift and stationery shop 
I also was succeeded in that. Okay, so let's just stop and you there. I let's just stop you there, Elizabeth, um, because you've, obviously you've you've come a long way and you've become very successful. Um, some of the comments, if I could just quickly read um, some of the comments. Oh, Max. Oh, hi, Maxine. Max yeah. is online. Maxine English is online. Hi, thank you so much for joining. Oh dear, Maxine. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much, Maxine, for tuning in. Um, Sonia wanted to know, um, did you tell your husband about your troubled teens before you got married? Uh, because of because of my relationship, which was turbulent, but it wasn't a rocky start, it was tough. Mm. So I couldn't open up to him. Mm. Because he was also maltreated me undervalued me, talked me down, and above all, verbally abused me. Okay. So, I decided, you know what, I'll keep it to myself and still continue with my journey. Right, okay. I mean, so you'd left Nigeria with, you know, all these issues of um, abuse and yes. you come to the UK and then it, and it's still continuing um, with the person that is supposed to love you. Um, Yes. Yeah. Sonia says, um, Secretary of the Year, well done. Um, you're not allowing your past to hold you back. And that's what it's all about, really, isn't yep. it? It's not to allow um, your past to hold you back, things what have happened to you. And some people get stuck, don't they? And or they're afraid of stepping out of the uh, into the unknown. Um, but clearly you have done that. Um, Maxine English says, well done, keep moving forward. You go, girl. <laughs> you go, girl, says Maxine English. Okay, so um, so after that, you, as you said, you've set up um, your own businesses. Because um, obviously you had children to look after. So, you know, how many years forward can you continue to say what, what happened after after that? Was things in your um, relationship any better with your with your partner? How are the children? Yes. Um, Yes. So how, how? Yeah, because I've determined. Yeah. My children's. Um, my firstborn is twenty-five. Mm. It's working as support worker. Yeah. My second girl is twenty. Twenty-four. Okay. Fashion designer. Mm. So they've done extremely well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think my experience as. As firstly, I would say it has made me stronger. Mm. I mean, looking back to it now, I couldn't believe what I have achieved so far and where I'm going because I have practically now developed a very fantastic love and relationship with my mother. Okay. My father has passed, mm. but I've forgiven. But my mother, we had a very good relationship now. So how did that go? How and did that come out, Ben? You said you, you now have a good relationship with your mother. So, you know, how, yeah. how did that story go? You know, bearing in mind that she left you in Nigeria when you were only three yeah. and you didn't see her again until you are about 10 or 11. How did that conversation go? Yes. Um, for many years, when I came back to London, um, we didn't have a good communication, so we, I stopped. But within that period, I developed the attitude of forgiving and forgetting. Mm. So, because I think if I'm going to do it, it is for my own end. Mm. So I forgave her. 
I forgive myself to start with and started focusing on my life. And then I forgive her and I forgive everybody. And then I keep I keep phoning her, keep sending money to her to take care of her and everything's like that. Because I didn't want to hold that she's still my mother. Yeah. She forgave her to me. So I started building my relationship, start phoning her, start talking on the phone. But that conversation is just like sharp, you know, like how are you? Nothing else, just to see how she's doing, getting on, checking on her. Right. And then I involve my daughter as well. I involve my children to communicate with her and everything. Unfortunately, I couldn't go to Nigeria for many years. I mean, we're talking about 20-something years. So, communication through the phone and everything. But when I now went home this year, after I've forgotten everything, I went home. I said, it is time for me now to sit down with my mother and really listen to her. Because before, I keep writing her. I keep asking myself, why me? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? And then when I've learned to forgive and forget, then I decided, you know what? I will move on with my life, love her more, and love every other person. And, that's- and to my surprise, I went home and spent three days mm-hmm. with her without me asking any questions. She opened up to me and told me all her own story. Right, right. Okay, so... I mean, and that is how we started bonding together. Yeah, so that feeling of um, forgiving, mm, explain yeah. because you said that you had to forgive yourself first. And then forgive her. Yes. So what did you have to forgive yourself for? The forgive myself in a sense that I've been so... I mean, I was very upset about the whole thing, so I couldn't forgive her. The fact that I couldn't even rush to her when I needed her. Even when I was raising my children up. I, I mean, I raised them up by myself with my husband. But she didn't want to come. She asked, they asked us to come, but she couldn't come. So I decided, you know what, I just have to face this. So I forgave her. It wasn't easy, but I did. Mm. And then bear in mind that I have younger sisters as well. Those we live together in this country. And for many years, they did not accept me as their own senior sister. Yeah, I mean, they don't look at me as somebody that can say anything reasonable to them. Mm-hmm. They would rather go outside to seek for advice somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what pains me most, my younger sister had a wedding in this country and she didn't involve me at all. It's hard. It's, it's, it's so hard. And I, and I, in terms of the sister things, I, I mean, I get exactly where you're coming from. Because as I said, in my book, my chapter um, in the book, Blind Spot, my chapter is called Green Eyes. And it tells a story of, um, you know, non-relationship, a, a lack of relationship or being rejected and ostracized and um, by my siblings for no apparent reason whatsoever. You're just being you and doing what you're doing. 
um, you know, so, exactly. so for me, I didn't understand that. And I think, you know, for you talking about it, I'm talking about it, and you know, your, your backstory as well, you know, um, we need to stop sweeping things under the carpet. Um, there's exactly. so many people out there. Um, I mean, even Maxine told her, Maxine English told her story on stage the other day, you know, and if we can touch the lives of, you know, I don't know, a million women or a million people, you know, um, to tell them that they don't have to stay stuck um, in no. their situation, you know, and we are just prime examples as if we're given permission. It's okay, it's okay to tell your story because for you to keep it inside you, it's not serving you. It's not serving you at all, um, you know. So, I mean, you say that um, finally you, your, your mother was able to listen to what you were saying and then she told her story. So when she told yeah. her story, um, was there any sense of understanding or, you know, based on what she yes. you know? Yes. Can you explain that? What was the understanding for you? The understanding, because before then, I've been going through some counselings, I've been reading some books, I've been, you know, like, I wanted to know the story behind every other thing that is happening. So it, it kind of, I've developed a situation where I understand people easily, I observe people as well, and I can reason to what they're going through. So now everything's now coming to a reality that, oh, that is why that thing happened. That is why this one happened. And because I have determined that, at a, I mean, as far as I understand it to a certain level, I am not going to allow my children to go through that, you know? And also because I keep on, all years, I keep on pleasing people because I want people to love me. Yeah. I keep doing things, I mean, forgetting about myself and just pleasing people, doing, doing, you know, making people to be happier while I'm not happy, Yes. you know? So I now decided, you know what? It is about Elizabeth, it is about me. I need to focus on me. And the more I decided to focus on me, the more I love people. Mm. I mean, like the Bible says, you love their neighbor, as yourself so you have to develop yourself before you can help other people so for me to love my mom i've already loved myself before i before me to love my sisters i have to love myself not not trying to push myself to anybody mm. but i want people to celebrate me there's difference between celebration or tolerance so i, I don't want people to tolerate me I want them to celebrate absolutely. who absolutely, absolutely. So I'm just gonna put that has helped me to well, exactly because that's it's like a way once you acknowledge that you're, whatever you're gonna do is for you and stop people pleasing, yeah. then you know you're you're in the best position possible because you're you now have that mindset that it's about you. Do you know what I mean? You have to please. And you have to be healthy and emotionally strong anyway before you can help anybody else, you know. And then yes. people see, um, they take your, your I don't know, they, they try to drain you. They take your, your strength away from you and you're unable to recharge your battery, so to speak. Um, I just want to quickly get onto the book. So, um, as you know, I've written my book that told my story yes. um, about my siblings yes. called Blind Spot Volume 1. Um, now you've written your book or you're in the process of writing your book 
So can you, a pretty man. Yes. On yes, you can. And it's the, the it's just the the experience of my life. How I turned every situation, and how I turn it around. Mm. All the negative said to me, how I proved it and I've turned it to positive. So that's what my book is all about. I mean, in terms of relationship, mm-hmm. in terms of getting yourself sorted out and be happy. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, that's I mean, that's brilliant. What can you say to people or someone watching? What advice would you give to them if they found themselves? Because there's there's quite a few things that are, that have gone on with you. So, for example. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's take your 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 parent, your your mother and your siblings. Let's take that for at the moment. What advice would you give to other people who may be going through the same thing and they're stuck? You know, to you know, as to how they they've been treated. What advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, firstly, all every one of us have a gift. Every one of us are gifted. There's greatness in every one of us. So in respect of any situation, we need to embrace our children. We need to treat them equally. We need to be there for our children. I mean, it will be better for our children to listen to us and they can come to us so that they don't go outside and share their story outside. We need to be there for our children. And that's number one. Then number two, we also need to be, know that we are special, we are unique. In respect of what, in respect of what any other person has said to us, any negative, we are unique. Their opinion, it is their own opinion. It is not your opinion. You are great. You are unique. So anybody can say whatever. They are free to say anything you have. They have to say, but you don't have to leave by what they said mm. you are. So you have to take care of yourself, focus on your life, and focus on your future. Mm. I determined to change things. So you need to determine to change it around. And so for some people that are still suffering silently, you cannot sweep it under the carpet because emotional trauma will follow you everywhere you go yeah you are getting married it's going to follow you today if you are working it will affect you there so it is better to come out from that shell from that comfort zone from that place where you are quieted and speak out and be free the more you say your story tell the world your story the more you are getting freedom that the more you are free absolutely so free yourself Absolutely. I so totally agree with you there. Totally agree with yourself, with, with you, because you feel um, emotionally uh, shackled and you're unable to move on. Um, and we're all here. We all have a purpose. I mean, it may sound like a cliche because everyone's saying it, but it's true. You know, you're put on this earth, just like everybody else, to, to bring good. To, you, you have a purpose not to be treated the way that people think that you should be treated. And again, you know, um, was it Maya Angelou or um, Oprah? I can't even remember. But people's opinion of you is none of your business. I, I always yeah. remember that, you know, because people will always have opinions and you can't take it on board. So whatever they say about you, you know, let them say it. it's, it's got nothing to do with you because it's, it's, it's their opinion and you just need to move on with your life. 
Okay, so the second part, yeah. if anyone, um, uh, I think we've got a few comments here. Um, busy, oh, Busy, hi Busy, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Um, she says, my darling sis, you really touched me this morning. I cannot love you less. May, may the good Lord continue to give you more wisdom and understanding. I think that's quite nice. And Anthony, Anthony was online, he said he'll catch up. He'll catch up later on the replay, so he has to go. Um, but thank you so much for those of you who, who've joined us. Um, the, the second part that you were talking about, um, Elizabeth, was um, when you were um, abused. So if there is somebody, and it's not easy, it is not easy to tell your story of um, being domestically abused. It's not easy at all. Um, and I know that Maxine, who was on here as well, Maxine English, she told her story of that as well. Um, so what do, what do you want to say to those people who may be in a similar relationship with an abusive partner um, and, and they don't know what to do and they can't leave for whatever reason, they may not be able to leave because of the children or maybe because of finances or maybe they're just scared to leave because they're afraid of the unknown. What, what tips or advice could you possibly give them? Yes, um, to all my viewers or anybody there that are still in that situation, uh, we are, firstly, I do not agree that you should stay in a violent relationship. Separate, set yourself aside for a while and seek for advice, seek for counsel, and also for those people that find it difficult because of children, and because of um, the love they have for the man, you still need to give away. You need to separate yourself for a while and seek for advice. Our men, unfortunately, is because their lack of communication. They cannot communicate well. And because of their ego, they find it difficult to communicate well. And that is why they turn into abuse or turn into violence. Some of them also, they have their own emotional trauma. And instead of them to come out boldly and say they need help, they are so full of themselves that they can come out. But for you, that is their wife and you love them, seek for advice, seek for counsel, leave the place for a while. Let that husband know that you love them, but you need to separate yourself so that it doesn't go um, worse than that. Mm -hmm. And also, for our men, I want to advise you, you need to humble yourself. You have a problem and you need to be solved. Violence is not a communication and it is not love. You have a problem, it's a disease. You need to go out there and seek for help. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um so, oh, Sandra Brown Pinnock is on the line. So, is on the line. Is on. Thank you very much, Sandra, for joining us. Um, but we must also point out, um, whilst um, the statistics say that one in four women are abused and one in six men are abused, I mean, those are just figures that we know yeah. about anyway because we know it's probably much more higher than that. But what do you say um, to women? I mean, the same thing would apply to women who abuse men. But the question that I want to ask is, you know, should we be educating our, you know, children, should we be educating children about healthy relationships at a younger age? Um, because as you say, you know, people, 
okay, I'm not going to just stereotype and say men, um, but people don't know how to um, handle or cope with their emotions, or maybe even they don't even know how to identify with their emotions. So because they don't know how to identify with their emotions or cope with it, that's when they start lashing out. So do you think from a young age, um, young children should be taught about um, unhealthy relationships, you know, the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships? Yes, I think t- children should be t- uh, should be taught of that, and that is why sometimes we need to reach out to our younger ones. I mean, we can see what is going on out there. So if we can, as 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 early as let's say five years old, they need to know. Mm. We need to teach them secondary school, primary school. We need to enlighten them. And parents also, we can help our children. We can talk to them. We can listen to them because that is where they develop all this from home sometimes. Yeah. So if we can open up to them and not being close, not being shout on them and said, just go and sit down there. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. We need to educate them yes. about it. Prepare them for future. Mm-hmm. Letting them know that bed is not of roses. There will still be trauma, but how do you overcome it? Mm. So we need to teach and prepare them from their younger age. Yeah, and I think that's why that's what spurred me to write my second book after the blind spot because my second book, Rule Quite Wrong Quick, talks about unhealthy relationship and the fact that it doesn't discriminate. Um, you know, uh, you know, my main character saying, you know, that she, she you know, she, she, she was surprised that she found herself in this predicament because never in a million years would she think that her partner would do that to her. But you're right, to teach from a young age. I remember on the stage, um, I can't remember her name, the little nine-year-old, and even um, Khalida, I think, mentioned about, you know, don't treat, okay, yes, we're children, but we, we still understand what's going on. Don't dismiss us, you know. So, you know, teaching children about unhealthy relationships and you know relationships good relationships of a young age is a good thing because they are aware as to what's going on you know and if they are informed if they are educated then you know they're in a better frame of mind to deal with things growing up you know as they get older so um yeah i think you're absolutely right thank you thank you so much there's a couple of people that's just joined us um so in closing um elizabeth in closing um what, can, what advice um, can you give if someone is going through that? I mean, I know you've just mentioned some of the things as well, but um, if you can just say one thing to one person, as if you're talking to one person that may be going through what you went through, give them a personal message. In closing, yeah. in closing, I will say that if you are in any situation, either emotionally or any other situation, I want you to know that you are not alone. Millions of people are going through whatever you are going through. And the only way for you to overcome this is when you come out of it and speak out and seek for help, seek for counsel, seek for prayer, seek for close, close, fastos or any other person that can help you. And determine that you will come out of it, determined to move forward, determined to take care of yourself, mm. determined to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally agree, totally agree. So um, that's it. So if anyone who may be 
experiencing any of the um, issues that Elizabeth has mentioned. Yeah, that Elizabeth has mentioned. You're not alone. Sorry, you're not alone. Um, please, you know, reach out to someone. You can even email me at um, info at jacqueline-francis.com. Um, you know, because some people might not want to go to counselling, some people may not be able to talk to friends or family or anything like that. But I know because I've gone through the issue with regards to siblings to and how they treated me, you know, by all means do get in contact with me. With regards to the other issues, my apologies, someone just tried to call me. <laughs> so, um, okay. If, if, if anyone is going through any of those issues mentioned, then please do get in contact. You're not alone. Um, you know, just reach out because if you don't, you'll just be stuck. So, Elizabeth, thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank um, you. It was an so absolute pleasure. Um, the gremlins didn't get the better of us, so we managed to get through <laughs> our interview very well. Um, so, until the next time, thank you so much. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Jacqueline. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye. 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 Okay. Yes. So that was my guest, um, Elizabeth. She's absolutely awesome. Um, and again, I repeat again, if anyone, no one needs to go through any of those issues that have been highlighted. Um, and if you feel that you need someone to talk to, um, please reach out to me. Please repost. Um, like and share this podcast until I speak with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.